What's going on, guys? Welcome to the show. Welcome back. It's 2018. Action Movie Anatomy is back. We're so here. We're so excited. I screwed up the first intro of the year to talk to you guys about Star Wars The Last Jedi. I can't wait. I love this movie. I can't believe that it has a 50% audience score. What the hell is the matter with people? We want to know what's wrong with you. We're going to talk to you about it right now. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Boom! Oh my gosh, where's the song? Where's the music? We didn't do it. Oh, it's, it just it just seems right. We're changing everything. We're up, changing guys. everything. It's uh, 2018. The show is very different. We're now. back. It's 2018. Action Movie Anatomy's back. Uh, up in the booth, forgetting to cue the music, is the originator, the EP of the network, the guy that created the show with us, Mr. Steven, Steven Lemieux. Lemieux. Uh, yeah, totally didn't <laughs> yeah, have anything that's, for that's music here. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Fault. We're so used to Marissa uh, yeah. engineering the show that we we forgot. We forgot. It's all good, but that's a good opportunity for us to give you the credit you deserve, which is yeah. that you created this show with us. Yep, there it is. There that's, the sh- <laughs> that's the music we that's, use. That's the last Jedi. Oh, I just turned it off. Uh, yeah, Steven was, Steven's up there, 125 episodes later, he helped I made that number up, I don't know if that's right. Yeah, it's gotta be, it's gotta be around there. Um, but anyway, uh, guys, this is Action Movie Anatomy, we talk action movies on the show here on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies, pop culture, and doing it by the bucket full. We're in the danger zone, I'm Ben Bateman, you guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media, Twitter, Instagram, what have you, it was an exciting end of the year, uh... Andrew, where can the folks find you? Hey, guys, uh, you can find me everywhere online, at Andrew Guy. And, um, yeah, Twitter numbers are growing, growing for me. That's exciting. And, uh, yeah, there's uh, there was some schmodown things that happened. Um, I I uh, physically assaulted someone on camera. Your father. I My father, <laughs> actually. So, uh, anyways, guys, I'm really excited to talk about The Last Jedi because, oh, my God, what a, can we kill this music? <laughs> Uh, because what a controversial film, oh although God. I know that you and myself and Steven actually all enjoyed this movie. A lot of people did. All the critics did, apparently. Yeah, all 92% <laughs> of them. Yeah. So um, we're going to talk all about The Last Jedi. I do want to just throw a couple quick last shout-outs before we get fully into the episode. Uh, and that is that we also have a Twitter, uh, which is at AMA Podcast. Yep. The show does. And then finally, there's a Facebook group. Uh, there's one for Team Action, which is our personas and the Team Action, uh, you know, part of the show. Nothing like that in real life. But there's also the main one, which is the one that we use for this show, which is the Action Movie Anatomy fan page created by a couple loyal fans who yeah. uh, have been very committed to the show for years and uh, happy to, to be back to, to hang with you guys for this year. Yeah, absolutely. And to all those fans and all the great things that you guys wrote about the show and the new year. And um, we're excited. We're very excited to be back. We've got some new things. I know we always say we have new things, but we actually do have new things that we're going to be talking about. We're not going to yeah. bring them up today, but... You know, things to look for in the horizon. Yeah, course of the course of the next few months, uh, a couple teasers, you know, and, and uh, apologize for the preamble, guys, but uh, it's exciting to start a, another year doing we the missed, show. We missed you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the first one is that you mentioned these things that, that you guys were writing online. Um, I want to point out to all you guys that a lot of you shared that this show has helped you get through hard times in your life. Um, <laughs> a lot of you have talked about that, that, that you were going through a tough time at one time or another. And that coming back to this every week and kind of hanging with us means a lot to you. You guys don't know how much it means to us to have the same experience, to have that feedback from you guys, to know that you're kind of in there with us uh, and that we feel like you're our friends. We get to hang out with you guys because you know our sensibilities. We crack the same jokes. And a lot of you we've been interacting with for literally years of our life. Yeah, you love the same movies that we do. And honestly, uh, you guys coming back uh, week in and week out, it's the same for Ben and I to have to throw on a suit or not have to, but enjoy to throw on a suit 
uh, the privilege to throw on a suit and come here and talk to you guys about the movies that we love. It's kind of a reset for us as well. So um, it helps you. It helps us all the same. So uh, without further ado, let's talk about what we're here to talk yes, about. Yes, let's talk about The Last Jedi. So, uh, guys, we cover action movies on the show. And uh, does The Last Jedi fit the four rules of action movie? Number one, you no. Know. The hero always plays by their own rules. Uh, Who's the hero? Daisy? Yeah, yeah, she's got to be the hero. <laughs> yeah. I guess it, like Poe is really the guy that, like, he's your action movie hero. He's the guy that plays by his own rules. Yep. She sort of does, but she's also trying to figure it out as she goes. So I'd say no. The hero and the villain are always the smartest people in the room. Snoke gets killed, spoiler alert, so yeah. he's not really the smartest. Kylo isn't, he gets outsmarted by Luke. She's kind of smart, but it doesn't, feels like Luke is kind of in the end the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, and he's not really the hero because Kylo outsmarts Snoke. And so, but, so far, all of two. <laughs> Rule number three, the movie is driven by a police, military, political, or mercenary figure. She's definitely none of those things. Uh, Poe is a... <laughs> he's military. He's military? Yeah. There's a half point. Kind of, a little bit. There's yeah. an explosion. There is a lot of explosions. There's a big explosion. Yeah, there's so many explosions <laughs> that um, I think that makes up for the first three misses. So... We're going to do what we normally do on this show. Uh, actually, let's talk about the segments, and then we'll jump into the trailer. Yes, we are. We're so off base today. I know. Well, it's been so long, it's been and it's going to be a little bit different, because as you and I were talking about with this movie, the production and the, the numbers, the money, who's behind it, you guys probably know just as much about it as we do. Yeah, it's, so, it's been talked about at length. So uh, We'll talk about it some, but we're going to be changing up a little bit today and talking more about just this movie and the reception and kind of our AMA questions yeah. and and speculation moving forward. So coming up today on the show, we are going to be pitching where we believe the Star Wars franchise will be five years from now, in 90 seconds or less. Mm -hmm. We are going to be talking about mega blockbusters and the 25 highest grossing films worldwide of all time. How many are actually good movies? Yeah. And finally, we will be answering some of your AMA questions as well as talking about all the fun things you've come to know and love in the show, like Fist Pump Moment and, uh, you know, favorite lines. We are going to be queuing the trailer in just a minute here. Uh, I want to make sure we have that queued up as we are first back for the new year and and, uh, you know, we haven't worked with Steven in a long time. We forgot yeah. to, we actually forgot to give him any of the outline materials. Yeah, because Marissa just is on top of it yes. every single week. I liked this trailer, but I also think I was just so excited. The trailer was awesome. Yeah, it was a great trailer. Yeah, but not as good as the trailer for Force Awakens. It's been an awakening. Yeah, the first one. <laughs> when I found you, I saw raw, untamed power. Snoke is sweet. And beyond that, so ugly. Yeah. It's Andy Serkis, right? Truly the special. voice? I think the makeup is someone else, right? The voice is Andy Serkis, yes. Yeah. yeah. It is Caesar. Just the best ever. Something inside me has always been there. And I was awake. And I need help. I've seen this raw strength only once before. It didn't scare me enough then. It does now. They ruined that line in the movie, by the way. That one because he says that's raw power before in Ben Solo. And it's way cooler when he doesn't say his name. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because then you just assume it's Vader, in my yeah. mind. <laughs> Which is probably why they have him say it. 
Every explosion just looks so badass. Yeah. yeah. Everything looks badass. That's one thing about Ryan Johnson is he, he knows how to make something yeah. beautiful. This movie is freaking gorgeous. Yeah. The red, the salt planet, everything yeah. is just is beautiful. Yeah. It's action movie anatomy. We're talking The Last Jedi. We are, and I'm amped. That trailer is sweet. Yeah. Uh, There's so, so many good moments in this. I think this movie is sweet. And the trailer got me re-excited, more excited than yeah. I even was when we started the episode, because this movie was great, and people are stupid. I, that's exactly <laughs> how I feel. Nah, I'm just kidding. If you, if you didn't like the movie, you're not stupid. My brother, like, my older brother, who <laughs> my like, brother's stupid. everything about movies, <laughs> he hated this movie. Half the people I know hated this movie. Our best friends, yeah. who have both been on the show, Matt Haggerty and Jason Sparich, yeah. Hated this movie. Yeah, Matt picked me up from the airport. Yeah, and and like we started talking about it, and yeah. I thought it was gonna be a conversation. Matt's yeah. a really chill, level-headed dude, and if you've watched the episodes that he's been on here, <laughs> he's a pretty quiet guy. Yeah, right. He would not. He was like irate, like yelling at me for and like he worked, five minutes. It should be noted, he works on the biggest movies in the world. He's in literally been world. gone for a, a year filming Infinity Wars. Yeah, they're just wrapping. They're doing reshoots right now. He's he's almost home. Yeah. He hated this movie. Crazy. Yeah. It's, so it's very polarizing. Probably the most polarizing movie uh, we've ever done on the show. Probably, this, one might, this, this honestly might be the most polarizing movie ever made. If you really think about it, there's a movie of this well, there level. Goes my thesis. No, I'm joking. <laughs> a movie of this level to, to have cost this much money and made this much money. To be <laughs> loved by critics but despised by the people it was made for. Having a 41% disparity between audience and, and uh, top critic. It's never been done on this show that I can think of. There's no movie. I mean, we're going to talk about the top 25 highest grossing films of all time later in the show. But yeah. of those movies, I'm just guessing. I don't think anything's even within 20% of that. I, like, I think it's unheard of. Yeah. I, I'm curious what the numbers are for Avatar. But I, I, again... I bet it's not even close. Maybe 20%. So, uh, without further ado, we are going to hop into our thesis. What? Yeah, go ahead. Thesis statement. I want to know your thesis. Why are you pointing at me? Yeah. <laughs> our thesis statement. This is a bold thought about the film. It should be something based in hyperbole. Not like my favorite this, or this was cool when this. It should be the greatest this. The moment, like, this defines X's career. This is the greatest moment in Star Wars history, period. It's almost like if you're at a party and the movie comes up, what you want to say to someone is... This is what I think about the movie. It's the most important thing about the movie, and I'm going to stand here and defend it until the end of the earth. It's a fact. That's your, that should be your opinion. And mine is a little harsh, Yeah. but I truly believe that Star Wars fans are the most ungrateful fans to walk this planet. Over DC, over Marvel, over Game of Thrones, Harry over Potter. Star Trek, over Harry Potter, over Lord of the Rings, over everything. Yeah. Absolutely Fucking everything. And the reason I say this is because... Of the petition? What, what's the... Oh, yeah, the petition, and then... So we, we were talking about this right before the show. We were talking yeah. about Intergeekdom and the Schmodown. For you guys that don't know, it's a movie trivia show, and Intergeekdom covers only nerd culture films. Yeah. And Star Wars is pretty much the biggest part of it. Yep. Even for something like that... Yeah. The people that are fans of that in that realm of the Schmodown think that that's the best belt that represents everything. Yeah. That's the weight that everyone carries Star Wars at. So, 40 years later from when the first movie comes out, you're getting the eighth installment yeah. ever. And it's great. It's $200 million. It's got the biggest stars in the world. It's beautiful to watch. It's 
loved by critics. It's loved by people that are just wanting a good Star Wars movie. But for the people that are the fans, the true Star Wars fans out there, yeah, those are the people that are giving it the 50%. Those are the people that are bringing it down 40 points deficit from the, from the top critics. And it's because they don't know what they want. They truly don't know what they want because if they knew what they wanted, they would like this film. Yeah. Because the thing that the audiences keep telling us time and time again is that they don't know what they want. Because if they had a movie that just described everything perfectly and it followed all the rules of Star Wars, it wouldn't be giving us anything new. Yeah. It'd be giving us something that was 40 years old. It'd be regurgitated. And remember when The Force Awakens comes out, how many people were up in arms about it just being a new hope again? Yeah. And now everyone's up in arms that this is all new? Yeah. Like, what do you want? Yeah, people don't know. So I just truly believe... (laughs) I'm so mad. (laughs) I just truly believe that Star Wars fans are the most ungrateful because I walked out of that and I tweeted immediately. Star Wars is magnificent and beautiful. Well, I think the reason you're so mad is because you felt you you truthfully loved this movie. And, and the I audience reaction expect- has made you feel stupid for liking it as much as you did. Exactly. And the last... Thank you. And the last movie that made me feel that way was Crash yeah. in 2006. A movie that like basically won Best, I mean, won best Picture. <laughs> yeah. and, and then people loved it. And then all of a sudden everyone was like, if you like Crash, you're an idiot and you don't understand things. And I'm like, get good, because I always hated it. You're basically Channing Tatum at the beginning of 21 Jump Street. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what he says, think about the car. Like, yeah, you're an exactly. idiot, bro. Yeah. And you're like, what? Yeah, yeah you're a nerd. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know, man. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to go and read all the the chat has been blowing up in the live chat as you've been yeah, as, as I've been talking. So I've been able to read it. But like, look, guys, you guys are getting 40 years, eight films. Yeah. Billions and millions and billions and millions of dollars. Just be appreciative. Yeah. It's a great movie. Totally agree. Um, here is my thesis statement about The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie we are going to get. Until Star Wars takes a year off. Period. So let me, gotcha. let me clarify yep. exactly what I mean here. Uh, and this is going to curtail nicely into our next segment we're going to do. We're going to cover this uh, before we get into Fist Pump because it's uh, inspired by my thesis statement. Oh, and really quickly, someone is talking about how the fans are the ones that kept this alive. No, I'm sorry, guys. The what, fans did not keep Star Wars alive. Like, they did and they didn't. It would have come back no matter what. The After f- those movies that happened in the early 2000s, it was always going to come back. It was, I mean, look, it's, we'll get to this when we get into mega blockbusters, but the, the brand name Star Wars, the financial return that it represents for them to make a movie, even if it's just literally a picture of a turd that doesn't move with no sound for yeah. two hours and a half, and it's called Star Wars, People it will would make a billion dollars. Yes. And this is the thing is that if you think there's never going to be another Batman movie, yeah. you're wrong. Even if people all of a sudden don't like Batman because of Ben Affleck, in 10 years, there will be more Batman movies. It's just, it, like, it's hard It's hard to completely wrap our heads around it because, like, it feels like these movies, these franchise movies like this, that are they cost so much and they make so much money, they're these incredibly important touchstone moments of our culture. But really, at the end of the day, what they really represent is the biggest financial windfall the studio can have because they have the, the most expectation attached to them. This is why this movie's yeah. been in theaters for two weeks, and it's the 23rd highest grossing film worldwide already. Yeah. So, ever. Um, and it's going to just keep making money. But, yeah, I didn't uh, mean to cut you off. Go ahead. So, yeah, what I mean when I say that it's the best Star Wars movie we're going to get, and I thought about this a lot because I walked out of this movie, and I thought to myself, I really love the best parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the parts I didn't like. How would I fix them? I don't know. Could I could I have gone in and suggested things like discernible changes that would have made this better? No. I wouldn't I wouldn't know how to make it better. And I'm somebody who loves Star Wars. I'm a huge fan, but I'm not like 
I'm not a fanboy of Star yeah. Wars. To be a Star Wars fanboy, you have to be like a whole other level. And, uh, and we both are not anywhere near that. No, I mean, I've seen every movie a bunch of times. I love Star Wars. I grew mm-hmm. up loving it, but it's just not the same. Um, but the expectation attached to one of these movies, one of these, there's a, only a few franchises, there's only a few types of movies that have so much fan appreciation that the whole world's going to sound off on opinion, right? Yep. We'll have this kind of reaction when Infinity War comes out. It'll happen the next time a DCEU movie comes out. Like, so, you know, superheroes, Harry Potter. It's right. basically stuff in the Intergeekdom League. That's like what you were talking about. There is so much expectation attached to a Star Wars movie. It's impossible for it at this point to satisfy all the fans. And now we're not in the same position we were in 1999 where we had had three Star Wars movies from 77 to 99. Right. We're now at a point where we had three kind of failed movies and now we've had three more movies and now we're used to it. There's a little bit of market saturation. There's some, there's some fatigue. People who were excited for The Force Awakens, they may or may not go see Solo. They probably won't go see Episode Nine. Yeah. The people that don't care, they probably won't bother. Because, at that point, we're talking about a fifth Star Wars movie in five years. So, what I believe is going to happen, and we'll get into this in just a second, but I don't think they're going to be able to make a movie that satisfies people, anyone, fan or critic, over 90%, until they literally end what they're doing, take at least a year off, and come out with something fresh. I don't think Episode Nine is going to be better. We might like it more. But I think best case scenario, it's like a 72% worldwide, like on average. Like, I think that's like the best we're going to get. And I don't think I, so let's, let's get into our 90 second pitches about what's going to happen with Star Wars. Cause I, I see the writing on the wall and I'm worried. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'd like you to go first on this because I just can't. Yeah. I'm going to pitch my 90 second version of Star Wars. We're going to talk about uh, the, the whole conversation here, guys. If you want to be a part of this is where is Star Wars going to be in five years? You have 90 seconds or less. And, yeah. uh, yeah, Steven, anytime you can throw up a, a timer for me, Jeff. Sorry, what? Hey, James, you could like throw a timer up on the screen so we can we can keep track of this. I just don't want to uh, run out of time or go sure. over. So um, here we go. All right, in ninety seconds or less, this is what's going to happen to Star Wars. Three, two, go. Sorry, sorry. How I have like three people talking to me in here. <laughs> no, that's guys. all right. I got I'm one. Sorry. No, no, don't no, worry. No, about it. How long do you want the timer for? I got one going right here. Okay. So ninety seconds in three, two, one, go. All right. We have not seen any footage of the solo movie. Hmm. Lord Miller were fired, replaced by Ron Howard, who reshot the majority of the movie. Now, that could be one of the reasons. I think it's bizarre that the Christmas season happened. We saw blockbuster trailers and a Star Wars movie, and we didn't even see a silhouette of Han Solo trailer. We saw literally nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm worried about the Solo movie. We're going to have Episode Nine, which might be, best case scenario, decent. But three years after that, we're going to have had another... We're going to have Episode Nine. We're going to have another standalone, Boba Fett. We'll have the first installment in another trilogy, and then we'll have another standalone movie, which is probably going to be, I think, the Obi-Wan Kenobi solo movie. The likelihood of even two of those movies being bad is pretty high. I don't expect they're going to continue to be able to take this subject matter, take this universe, and just make it great. I think fan expectation is through the roof, and fatigue is already setting in. Those of us that love Star Wars will see every movie. We'll talk about them at length. People will watch them. Eight, eight Harry Potter movies, eight years almost in a row, didn't stop people from seeing Harry Potter. But again, that was a single story. There was a book series. They literally ended this movie. Ryan Johnson, in interviews, has said, I did this movie, like, they're going to just do what they do. I didn't, I didn't make this movie knowing what had happened in the first movie. Like, they, each one of these directors is coming in, they're taking what happened in the previous film, at least publicly they're saying, they are making their own story. That story is continuing into the next film. I believe that five years from now, Star Wars is going to have to look at themselves in the mirror and say, we're oversaturating this brand. We may make money, but the brand quality is dying, and we need to take at least a year off to generate buzz again. That's my that's my theory. That was pretty good. That was almost perfectly a minute and a half. Yeah. 
Uh, I feel like mine's not going to be that not that well thought out. It's going to be more of a rant, but I'm going to start. So where do I think this franchise is going to be in five years? I think that it's going to be sitting there wondering where it went wrong, and it's not going to come back for at least another ten on like in the sense of it being actually good films. You might talk about the Boba Fett and the Han Solo movie, but. Look, Marvel did this thing where it got really close to oversaturating itself. It did oversaturate itself, but then it rebranded itself, started doing things a little bit differently with Logan and Deadpool. And movies kind of changed a little bit with Thor. So you look at Star Wars The Last Jedi, it kind of tried to do the Thor thing to Star Wars, kind of with the weird humor, changing things up a little bit. Um, It didn't work because the fans are expecting too much, like you said. So I think, honestly, where this franchise is going to be is all these movies are going to come out. They're all going to make a good amount of money because they have to because what do Star Wars fans love? They love going and watching Star Wars movies and then shitting on them. And I will always pay as a Star Wars fan to go watch a movie five times in theaters so I can tell you exactly how well I know how bad it is. So where do I think it's going to be in five years? I think it's going to be dead. I think that it's going to be sitting there. People are going to go back to the true Star Wars fans. They're going to try to like tell their kids about it and maybe in 10 or 15 or 20 years we might get another reboot or installment that could maybe stick around but unfortunately with this and where we are as I, I honestly don't understand how it happened it seems like exactly what you would want as a star wars fan oh yeah three it's basically three hits in a row exactly and so for me if this isn't good enough for you in five years you don't deserve more movies you don't deserve people to be sitting there spending time and, and putting all their heart into this putting good directors like ryan johnson wasting their career on this i went you, over a second it's okay <laughs> Do I have to go again? No. <laughs> I'll go again. Look, the problem I... No. Uh, yeah, I think we're both in the same boat, which is that I can't imagine five years from now them going with the schedule that they are going with and these movies still representing the same brand quality that they do now. Um, I think that it's it should be it should be considered more shocking than it is to either of us that in five years or six years they would take a year or two or five or ten off. Because now Disney owns this and it's such a money-making machine it's hard to imagine them with the opportunity to release a Star Wars movie every year not doing it. Of course. And, and, and like I just said, if they released a Star Wars movie every year from now until, what is it, 2018, until 2025, yeah, they would all make a billion dollars. Every year, I bet you they would. Yeah. If there was every Christmas a new Star Wars movie came out, but they'd... St- Maybe, or maybe in eight years, they I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, lo- I know, but you yeah. even say in eight years. It's crazy. Eight more of them would have to come out for them to finally be like, all right. So now we've talked a little bit about uh, what we think the future of this franchise is going to look like. Sound off, guys, in the comments. As, as we said, you know, leaving comments here on the Facebook page, like, subscribe, all those things. That's great. It's very helpful. If you want to post something longer that will stay around, it's a little more permanent and interactive, go and like the Facebook fan page, the yeah. Action Movie Anatomy Facebook fan page. You can share your, your thoughts there on this, and uh, we can continue to have that discussion. But Hold we- on. So, so to, 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 tie, to, to put a bow on what we're saying, yep. what do we think should be done? Oh, I think that they should... God, I don't even know. Because just six more Star Wars movies already, like seven more, really, if they're going to make... If they're going to make episode nine, three solo movies, and then three three uh, standalone movies, and then another trilogy, because Ryan Johnson's already signed on for the trilogy. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine a world that seven more Star Wars movies doesn't feel like I just am sick of it. I just can't imagine it. I, like, I can't see seven years from now having seen seven more Star Wars movies and feeling like this just became the same tired thing that every other movie franchise is. Yeah. It's not like Fast and the Furious where I'm like, take it or leave it. Make the you mean where movie. it's perfect? Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> They'll make a ninth movie and it'll be like, all right, all, all right, right, I'll go see it. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the other thing is that we care so much about Star Wars that it, it hurts us when bad movies right. come out. Uh, <laughs> unlike Fast and the Furious. And um, 
really quickly, someone just pointed out, Richard, uh, there's 70 plus people watching right now. So we really appreciate you guys being live with us. And we figured that since Star Wars has so much to talk about, there'd be a lot of people. And, and again, guys, we love fans. We love yeah. people that watch movies. We are of those course. people. Um, so, yeah, find the Facebook fan page. I would love to keep this conversation going, but unfortunately we can't forever because we're going to run out of time. So we're going to get to the next <clears> part of the show, uh, which is fist pump moment. This is where we yes. talk about all the bad things about this movie. Now we're going to talk about the awesome shit. When you're watching the movie, something happens. You look around, you're like, are you seeing this right now? This is so incredible. Yeah. I get to watch the rest of this movie. And this movie definitely, definitely had some fist bumps. Oh, my God. There's so many of them. Jaw droppers. Like, shit that I was just like, oh, this is why. Yeah. This, this, this is why this guy's a genius director, and he got to do what he wanted, and, like, the cool shit was so cool. So, yeah, I, I had this moment where I was watching <clears throat> watching this movie. I was like, wow, movies are magic. And then I had another really cool moment. This is a little bit of a tangent. But I, I, I went and saw a musical, yeah, uh, a play in Utah, uh, Aida. It was very good. Yeah. Um, and then, like, four hours later, or the next day, I can't remember, I went and saw The Greatest Showman yeah. in theaters. Okay. And, and it just reminded me that, like, look, theater is amazing and, and magic can happen there. But movies are truly magical. And there's things that you just can't, you just, they can only happen in movies. And there were so many of those moments in this film that were just so beautiful that you sat there and you just, you kind of had to sit back and just be like, wow, movies really are just moving art. And, and I know that your fist pump is literal moving art. So I yeah. want you to go first. Yeah, uh, I've seen this movie twice. Um, <laughs> One and, one and a half times, <laughs> full disclosure. First time I saw this movie uh, was with uh, one of my employers. They took all of us that worked for the company to go see it. And uh, my boss there is, a, is like the biggest Star Wars fan. The biggest. He's like, he loves it more than anything. He was wearing the full outfit, all, you know, like, seen every movie. He saw... Who are you talking, about, who are you talking about? Kessler. Yeah, Kess. I he, thought so. Yeah, he's uh, my co-host on a magic podcast I do. Um, he's been on the show a couple times. Yeah, he did actually did New Hope with us on here. Um, he saw Force Awakens seven times in theaters. I mean, he's probably already seen this movie six times. So... Uh, Wait, what did he think? He loved it. He loved <sighs> it. He's like one of the first true... Diehard fanboys that I've talked to that just loved it. Well, Napsok loved it, and I think, well, I I think Roka and Riley, they all loved it. Who the fuck is Roka? Yeah. <laughs> Your father. Ah! Um, so uh, no. when I saw this movie the first time, uh, I had had several drinks, <laughs> and it was a late show. It was like yep. 11 p.m., yep. and I fell asleep for a chunk of the movie. But I was doing the thing where I was so tired, I was fighting the sleep. Right, uh, right. And the whole time, you keep you keep kind of moving your body around, trying to stay awake. <laughs> yeah. By the end of it, I was like, okay, I must have missed like 20. That guy's gyrating. Yeah. He loves this movie. <laughs> it was so uncomfortable. I was like, I must have missed 20, 25 minutes of the movie. Um, and afterwards, I'm talking to Roxy, and she's like, <laughs> she's like, well, what'd you think about, you know, like Finn and Rose? And I was like, well, they're clearly, you know, pushing There's some romance. There's some sexual tension there. From, from, you know, for them <laughs> later. And she was like, do you mean because they kissed? <laughs> I was like, right. I didn't remember that happened. And then the other part, and this leads directly <laughs> into my thesis, is, uh, I was like, I mean, I really thought they could have done with more with Laura Dern's character. I mean, after Poe says to her, you know, I got this, go put her in shackles. We don't even hear from her again. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, Really? Really? You don't uh, hear from her again? Because my fist bump moment when I watch it again <laughs> is when she flies the, the ship at light speed through the Dreadnought, or the ship or whatever it is, the Star Destroyer, and she blows it up, and, it's, and it goes black and white, and the screen goes silent, and it's just so cool. It was so dramatic and beautiful looking, and it was my favorite moment in the whole movie. It was perfect. Yeah. Like, it goes black and white. It's just, it's just beautiful. Uh, so I, that was my moment. Um... But it kind of got ruined for me. <clears throat> and I'll tell you why. Because she goes into light speed yeah. and cuts the ship in half and all goes black and white and silent. And this fucking guy is like, 
Where's the sound? <laughs> Where's the sound go? Like yelling in that moment. When I, I don't even know how he had the wherewithal to start yelling that quickly because it happens for like two seconds. The two little kids that were sitting behind me last night started laughing. <sighs> I was so angry. I, I was angry. Yeah. Like it took me a minute to, because I was like, I can't have that moment back. Yeah. I mean, I, I will. <laughs> I couldn't have that I moment back. I found them in the parking lot. <laughs> found that moment. Um, and I got it back. <laughs> I got it back. My fist pump was finding him in the parking lot. <laughs> Uh, oh god so my my fist pump moment was that but my other fist pump it it was kind of a slow burn because i think we all saw it coming yeah but it was when he was like turn the lightsaber yeah turns it on i was like oh my god he's gonna cut him in half oh my god he's gonna cut him in half like this is the way it's gonna happen and for me i don't know if i'm just dumb yeah but like i liked the idea of him thinking the same thoughts he would have to think to kill yeah. Daisy as opposed to killing Snoke. Right. Whereas other people were like, he saw his thoughts. He should be able to tell it wasn't him or it was him. And like I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I definitely see it, but like I liked that personally. I thought it was awesome. So I just loved when it turned on and his eyes go wide. And then I also love that it cuts him in half. Yeah. And his body falls off. Totally. So like I don't know. Snoke is so evil, and, and there's a huge discussion going on about whether or not he's actually dead and, and, and whether killing him in this movie is a big detriment to the franchise. I don't know my, about all that. It was one of my complaints. I, I definitely think that, I definitely think that uh, one of the things that makes the original trilogy so strong... Vader. Vader and, and the Emperor. They're yep. both, and they're both there until the end, and they're both very evil, and they both get great victories all throughout. Um, you know, Vader... Vader kills Obi-Wan in the first movie. He cuts loose, off Luke's yeah. hand in the second movie. The Emperor is, like, never, ever gets outsmarted. He always is, like... Just the evilest. And he's just keeping going. And then in the third movie, he's got the best scenes in the whole movie. His whole sequence with Luke is so good. Yeah. The fact that it's Vader that has to kill him and Luke saves Vader is one of the things that makes it so great. The fact that Kylo is, like, fine, but he's not really a villain. Well, because he's... Because the thing about... What's so great about the the movies is it's the same as Lord of the Rings. All these great epics is just good versus evil, right? And Kylo is not pure enough evil for us to really buy it. No matter what you tell us, we will always believe that Kylo is not evil enough as as the Emperor was, right? But it's like Snoke was. It's weird because like Vader wasn't pure evil either. Ah, That's a good argument, right? But like, but what I think the problem with Snoke is, or with uh, with with Kylo, is that. It's that whole, like, Adam Driver is this kind of, like, annoying emo kid. Yeah. And he's really good in the role. I like him. One of the few people that doesn't really have a problem with him in the role. I actually think it was really (laughs) smart that they got rid of the helmet. I loved that scene. He's like, you're just a boy in a mask. Yeah. And he smashes the helmet. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. I think he's great. And I loved all his stuff with Ray. Like, all the telepathic communication was fantastic. But uh, killing Snoke kind of leaves me thinking, like, I don't really know who the bad guy is anymore. I'm not really going to be that satisfied if Kylo... He's already killed his dad. Like, yeah, he's done evil it, things. He's done the worst thing. Or if, like, there's an army of Wrens or, you know, people talk about Snoke being a vision just like Luke was, which I think would be a huge cop-out. Anyway, all, all that aside, I loved when he died. I, I really do. I, yeah. I don't think that he... It's a great moment. I, I'm kind of bummed that he died. Yeah. And hopefully they can figure out some way to <clears throat> bring it together in Episode Nine. And I like Kylo. I just don't feel he's truly evil but yeah i i loved when snoke died i i fist pumped we all cheered in the theater like yeah. it was awesome it was great yeah um steven quick question for you 
He's dead. Yes. <laughs> Any chance we could turn on the AC? Oh, Ben, what's wrong? <laughs> Are a little, you a little warm? It's a little warm. We only have uh, enough fuel for one more jump to the AC. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Very Use good. it wisely. What's that a reference to? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right, so that's Fist Pump Moment. We're going to get a little bit into star profiles and production development, guys. Uh, so, first and foremost, Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley. They're, uh, in theory, the stars, even though, you know, Carrie Fisher and... And, uh, and Hamill. Are billed at the top. Um, Adam Driver, interesting career. Yeah. Uh, broke out doing Girls originally. That's how he was discovered. And then mm-hmm. uh, Kylo's is obviously his big, big break to the to the forefront. Yeah, um, he, did, uh, he did Lucky Logan or Logan Lucky this year. Uh, last year he did Silence, and he also did Patterson, which I heard Patterson was really good. Truthfully, I've actually heard all three of these movies are pretty good. Yeah, and I haven't seen any of them. Me neither. I was supposed to watch Logan Lucky with my family this this uh, last trip I was there, but something came up. All um, three of these are streaming right now on American Airlines. <laughs> And I haven't watched any of them, and I have to fly on American all the time. So I probably will watch all of these at some point in the next couple months, I would guess. Uh, yeah, and, and, and for people that have seen them, guys, like, what do, you, what do you all think? What do you all think about all those movies? Um, my family loved Logan Lucky. Uh, so to go to Daisy Ridley's career, she did Scrawl in 2015, um, which I only know about because uh, it was like, who's Daisy Ridley? And I right. went and did the research after Force Awakens came out, which was in 2015. And then the only other real thing that she's done uh, was Murder on the Orient Express, which I, I liked. Yeah, I heard uh, it was pretty good. I don't know... Again, it's one of those movies where I'm kind of surprised why it did so poorly. Um, uh, I don't know the original novel that well, and I like the ensemble cast. I thought she did a, she did a fine job. Yeah, the original movie was very successful too. It's I mean it was a it was originally it's one of those movies that you'd expect. And I heard from people whose opinions I respect, you know, because I don't respect yours. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, got, I, I figured <laughs> we were getting there. Uh, so my question is, why don't you respect my opinion? We've been doing this show now. Uh, is Someone mentioned it a little bit, and they—they, they, they, I, I could actually pull it up here, but it was basically like, where do you think Daisy Ridley's stardom is going to be? Is she going to be Daniel Radcliffe after Harry Potter and kind of fall as a B-lister? Do you think she's going to be an A-lister that's going to be on top of the, her, you know, Hollywood for the next forever, or or what do you think? Or does she just kind of kind of disappear? Well, I think she's definitely. I think she's definitely in a position where you know she'll never have to struggle for notoriety or to get roles if she wants them. Yeah. Um, it's not the same world that it was years ago, you know, where, like, Mark Hamill was a star, and he kind of only was able to do the things... Like, it's just not the same world. Her brand her brand recognition is so crazy right now. Star Wars is worth so much money. It's such a big ah, deal. Here it was. Really quickly, Neil Gross said, will she become a Harrison Ford-level superstar, a mid-level star like Daniel Radcliffe, or will she have limited success outside of Star Wars? So thank you, Neil Gross. Uh, I've never seen you before in the chat, so... Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I actually think Daisy Ridley's pretty good. Um, I do too. I like I her. Think she's pretty. I think she's pretty, and I also think she's like approachably pretty. Uh, she's like got a good kind of like fit chick thing going on, which is cool. I mean, yeah. I know she was up to play Tomb Raider. Her and Alicia Vikander were up against each other for that role. Uh, I believe there's probably another franchise for her somewhere. Um, how talented of, a, of an actress she is! Like, does is, for instance, does she have the ability to go from Katniss Everdeen? to winning an Oscar. Like, that's that's kind right. of the comp, I guess, because uh, Jennifer Lawrence had, like, a similar thing going on. I don't know. Yeah, it, it is interesting, because she does seem so much more passive or, like, more... Uh, she just hasn't broken out of her shell as much as Jennifer Lawrence has. It's also just, like, Star Wars is a very, very difficult um, franchise to escape from and do other movies. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I, I do not believe that her or Boyega, Boyega will be on the level of Harrison Ford. 
I don't think so. I think that of anyone in this movie to do it, it's probably Adam Driver at this point because Oscar Isaac has kind of had his chance, it seemed like, over the last he's few years. I mean, he's done great. <laughs> he really is, but he's not that same level of Harrison Ford. You know what I mean? Like, even in Ex Machina, yeah. it's not an Oscar Isaac movie. It's just a great movie. It's a good point. But, he's like he's like as, as elevated of like a... It's like an elevated of like a supporting leading man as it gets. Yeah, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he's going to be massive and always will be. I think he's got an incredible career. Yeah. I, I just don't think that he'll be that guy. I could be wrong. I might disagree with you on that one. I think yeah. he, I think of all the guys that I can think of, he's been in so many things the last few years. I wouldn't be surprised if that guy wins an Oscar in four years. I, I, I think he could win an Oscar in four years, too, but I think it'll be for supporting, and I think that he'll just yeah. kind of always be that guy. Yeah, okay, that's fair. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> so other people that we would just really quickly talk about in production here uh <clears throat> if i can talk kelly marie tran did not tell anyone that she was doing a new movie and lied she was doing an indie film in canada at one point she got some maple syrup to bring back to her parents so that she'd believe she was actually in canada kelly marie tran really bursting out on the scene i thought she did a good job did you i didn't really did you connect with rose or did you kind of feel like i thought she feel? was great so yeah. uh I know Kelly a little bit. I, I've, I've, I met her years ago. Like Is she did improv. Yeah, yeah. She was a girl who was in our local group. She yeah. was friends with Charlie and Johnny and all those guys. Yeah. Um, she, I think I met her at two parties maybe or one party or something like that. But I mean, I would see her stuff on social. She did sketches with a friend of mine named Christina a lot, and uh, it would she'd pop up, and I remember seeing her and being like, oh, like this girl's funny, right? And then when she was announced as in this movie. Um, they were, I guess, already shooting because, and they already shot because she hadn't told anyone. But uh, I just remember being like, "What?" I, I remember you telling me that actually when when it got posted, you were like, "We know her," or "I know her." I just was, I was yeah. just like, "Really?" Like that's because she was effectively a nobody. She had basically done nothing. Yeah, and 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 I thought she did a great job as Rose. I yeah. just don't know if I loved the character of Rose. Yeah, but uh, I. I don't know. It's just hard to get, to like latch on to new people eight episodes later. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, my my biggest problem with with her arc in the movie was that I think, uh, in a lot of ways, I think that Ryan Johnson didn't really know what to do with Finn's character. Uh, Oscar, so sorry, someone said Oscar Isaac, Jeremy Renner. I think that's a good comparison. Who he does kind of become an a. I mean, he. I mean, like Wind River is yeah. a pretty big example. Well, and he's Hawkeye. I think it's right, I mean, but he's Hawkeye. He's not well, Captain and America. He's, yeah, and he's you know po. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, so, um, uh, what was I just saying? Oh yeah, Finn. Uh, I think that I think Ryan Johnson didn't exactly know. I think he knew that he wanted to do something with Finn because it was a continuation of the first story, and he had to use the character. But it didn't really seem like he had a lot of. He wasn't excited about Finn as a character, because what ended up ultimately happening is that Finn goes on this this uh, run with Rose, and they kind of have their little romance moment. But when you really realize it, it's like Rose could have found a droid and done the whole thing without Finn, and Finn could have done the whole thing without Rose. They. <laughs> It didn't really matter. Like, right, right. It was, it was kind of like he just – and even his fight with Phasma, like the stuff – I don't know. I just In a lot of ways, it's just his arc, this movie, felt sort of irrelevant to me. And I think about this movie being two, over two and a half hours long. And if this movie had been 20 minutes shorter, I think you probably could have ditched most of his storyline. Um, yeah, I actually felt like this movie did a pretty big disservice to Poe. I mean, not Poe, uh, to Boyega. Uh, I feel like it took away um, – a lot of why I liked that character. Yeah, he was good in the first movie. He yeah. was like very entertaining. Yeah, and he was and he was like, he was just like a good kid trying his best. Yeah, you know what I mean. And this, it was it, he just felt like it was very secondary to me. Well, yeah, just all all that it made you feel like the whole time was like Ray is infinitely more important. Yeah, Finn's not very important. And that when they end the movie, when she meets Poe, you're like, well, Poe's really important. 
And now Ray met Poe, so now Finn's not not needed anymore. Right, and I liked the idea of like uh, Finn and Ray. I love that. Yeah, I, I, like I really wanted that. She's like a Jedi Master. He's just like a regular ass dude. Right, but he's like a yeah. regular ass dude that will work so hard. Yeah, like Han Solo. Yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? So uh, yeah, so I thought that was I thought that was interesting. Um, so, in fact, in fact, I do want to point out that was probably my biggest problem sequence with the whole movie was the casino planet. All the stuff with Benicio, them saving the horse thing, like when they set the thing yeah. free and it's like, now we've done our, you know, we've brought back hope. I just thought that whole part of the movie was like, this just didn't need to be here. Yeah. Was it the broom boy thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is interesting because Benicio was like, I like this stutter. I, I like this stutter was good. Uh, it was really supposed to be played by Joaquin Phoenix, which yeah. I think is, is interesting. Joaquin's such a weird dude. Totally. I'd love to see him in more movies. Um, love, love Joaquin. <laughs> I love him. So yeah. uh, you pull this here. The, the original cut of this film is over three hours long. Yeah, and and he cut about 45 to 60 minutes to get the film down. We've done this before on the show where we talk about movies that are like that, three to four hours long. You're just like, what What could you have possibly done to make it better? He, like Troy? Yeah. <laughs> like, really, would another hour made it better? <laughs> he has, like, there's whole storylines that got cut, apparently. So the Blu-ray is going to have, like, another hour of movie on it. Wow. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> uh, just really quickly, we we all, well, you're medium on the Porgs, but the Porgs were puffins. I don't know if you guys saw this article. It's been online. They were just puffins all over this island so like an endangered species they couldn't get rid of them so they had to go cgi alter the puffins yeah. to turn them into porgs I, I'm, I'm okay with the porgs <laughs> i'm okay with the porgs. they were all right they like they they didn't really take away they were barely in the movie would you rather they killed all the puffins no <laughs> the well, the one porg thing that was like annoying that like the only moment that felt like they were ewoks was then they go in the falcon yeah, yeah. and they're like playing and he's wearing like this and, just, <laughs> yeah, and you're like yeah, all right yeah. this is like this is like basically just old star wars for little kids but yeah whatever yeah. that's fine it was like literally an insert uh, so getting into production development, we talked about it a little bit at the top of the show. We're not going to talk extensively about it, but I know there's a few things you want to talk about, uh, especially Ron Bergman. Well, it's Rom Bergman. Ron Burgundy? <laughs> <laughs> Rom, Rom Bergman. Um, yeah, we, we said Kathleen Kennedy's name before. I mean, Kathleen Kennedy's a boss. She's married to Frank Marshall. She's the main producer on this movie. One of the biggest producers ever. Ever, yeah. She's 60 movies, 120 Academy Award nominations. She's like huge stuff. billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's the, she is the, what's her, she's the president of Lucasfilm. So she's the biggest. She's as big as, as big as it gets. Ron Bergman, on the other hand, you would look at the fact that there are two major names listed as producers, and you'd be like, oh, well, he must be, you know, he's he's one of those guys. You're going to look, and it's going to have right. 19 he's, he's the Bruce Bermans of the world. He's not. He's just the guy that produces Ryan Johnson's movies. They they met, and the first movie they worked on was Brick, and Brick was a success. And when you read uh, conversations and, and articles with Rom, he talks about at the premiere for Brick, he knew that Ryan Johnson was going to be a star. He knew this guy was going to do big things because, mm -hmm. you know, Deadline did this great interview with him where they're like, you know, did you know, would you have ever expected you would be producing a Star Wars movie? And he's like, no, but, I, you know, when, I, when we did Brick, I knew it was going to be a big deal. And so he produced Brick, Brothers Bloom, Looper, right. um, and then when they hired Ryan Johnson, they hired Ram Bergman on this movie, and he's the other producer, and he, <laughs> it's just crazy, like, when you, you look at his filmography, the only relevant movies he's ever produced, other than the four things he's done with Ryan Johnson, were Don John and Selfless, that movie from a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. The ben Kingsley one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Otherwise, he did, like, a bunch of indies. He's done, like, all these indie movies, you've probably heard of, like, two. Mm. I had, <clears throat> I had seen, like, one of them. Good on him, dude. I mean, he, he saw someone that he, he recognized talent, uh, and he's like, this guy's going to be somebody. I'm going to stick with him. And <clears throat> that talent was Ryan Johnson, who we've covered on the show. We covered when we talked about Looper. Um, 
I love the dude. I really do. And I think that he is a visionary. I think that he's a great storyteller. And I think that he got one of the hardest, the hardest thing to deal with. Yeah. Which is Star Wars. And I think that he, he, I think he like mostly understands it. Um, well, I also think it's like it's pretty interesting that they offered him episode nine based on early cuts of this film they all they watched. They, the executives, the board of, at Disney, they all watched it and they were like, "Oh yeah, do you want to do nine? And he was like, "Nope." <laughs> and they were like, "Well, if you don't want to do nine, why don't we just give you your own trilogy?" <laughs> and he was like, "Okay, sure, sure." So he's gonna, I think he's gonna direct one, probably produce the others, and it's not gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be a Skywalker trilogy. I think it's gonna be all new characters. Maybe that's the only hope we have that this will be awesome. That and it could be because we all know that when. I mean, when Ryan Johnson gets to deal with his own things, create his own world and tell his own story, I think he does a, a phenomenal job. Um, but we'll see what happens. So let's get into the numbers, because this is a very interesting conversation. Yeah, I do want to make sure. Hey, Steven, are you up there in heaven? I'm here. <laughs> uh, do, are, do we have a hard out right at three, or do we have a few minutes? No, you got a soft out. Okay, great. Oh, nice. Excellent. So uh, really quickly to get through this, this was produced by Buena Vista for $200 million to make. It was released December 15th of this last year. It grossed 531 domestically, 523 worldwide for a grand total of $1.054 billion. And it should be noted that a movie like this, it may have cost 200 to make. I'll bet you it cost another 300 to market. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, when I saw the 200, I was like, <laughs> that's, that's incredibly low. Um, and it opened at $221 million. Uh, at number one. Who would have thought? Uh, IMDb gave this a 7.7, which dropped to a 7.6 um, over the last couple weeks. Same with Rotten Tomatoes. I believe it was 92, 96, and 52. It is now 91 by all critics, 96 by top, and a bewildering 50% by the audience. Ben, you had a great conversation when we were on the phone last night about what you thought this meant about blockbusters well yeah i think that the big conversation here guys is that if you go and you look at the top 25 highest grossing films worldwide of all time you'll see that every one of those movies has made at least 1.1 billion dollars okay <laughs> all of them no i'm sorry over a billion all of them yeah, over yeah, yeah yeah if you look at those movies you ask yourself the question do movies that make a billion dollars does that constitute a good movie are they quality movies so that's what we're gonna do uh, what? i'm gonna i'm also, gonna... when's the last time a best picture winner was in here uh, the you last know. time? Yeah. Ever? Uh, Titanic. Titanic, right? That one that's best it. picture. Um, I think that's probably the only time that's uh, ever. Return had. of the King? Yes, Return yeah. of the King, one best picture also. Uh, okay, so, um, so, uh, talking about the highest grossing films of all time, are they good movies or are they bad movies? I think probably the easiest way to do this, and, and let's err on the side of good being 60% or better in your mind. Okay. I'm going to give you the thumbs up, thumbs down. I'm just going to go one at a time. You're going to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. We're going to see what we come up with here. All right, guys. So these are the top 25 grossing movies worldwide, all time. All time. We're talking about whether they're good or not. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> Despicable Me 3, 60% or better. Uh, I have not seen it. I would, I, say I would say it's probably better. Yeah, I think those movies are all pretty <clears throat> solid. It's pretty hard to mess those ones up. So we'll give that one a, we'll give that one a pass. Yep. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Way below. Okay. Yep. Uh, Rogue One. Above. Solid. Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest. Below. Okay. Toy Story 3. Above. Classic. Yeah. Last Jedi? Above. Dark Knight? Above. Great. No, okay, no, so that's Dark Knight Rises. Above, still. Yep, definitely. Uh, Transformers Age, Age of Extinction? <sighs> so far below. <laughs> yeah. Skyfall? We were going to do it on the show, and we decided not to. Oh, no, no, that was, uh, that no, was no. Spectre. We might do Skyfall. Uh, Skyfall is above average. Yeah, it's yeah. above average. Yeah. Turn of the King? Uh, definitely. Dark of the Moon? No. Civil War? Definitely. Minions? It's got to be. Minions has to be. Yeah, these ones are debatable. We'll go yeah. with it. Iron Man 3? God, no. I like Iron Man 3. 
Really? It's 60% or better. I like that movie. All right, all right. I'll give it Fate of the Furious. Guys, what do you think about Iron Man 3? Um, Fate of the Furious, no. It's the no. last one. Yeah, no, it was, it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, I liked it. Okay, I'll Originally. give it to you. Frozen? Definitely. Deathly Hallows Part 2. Never saw it. I saw it. It's good. Okay. Uh, this is better than I thought. Yeah. Uh, Age of Ultron. I like Age of Ultron. I know I'm in the major minority of that. Yeah, I think... I, I think <laughs> most people would say no. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Uh, Furious 7? It's right on, right on the line. Right on the cusp. Yeah, we'll give that. We've, we've been, we'll we've been it, generous yeah. with the animated, so we'll go under on Furious 7. Okay, it's that's fair. fair. Yep. Uh, the Avengers? Uh, you like that. People for, love that movie. Yeah, The Avengers is great. I'm not... Uh, Jurassic World? I mean, it's 60. That's the thing is we're doing this at 60. So, like, that's a D, which doesn't even get you a grade anymore. I'd that doesn't get under you a... on Jurassic World. Looking at all these movies, I, I okay, thought under. I, I would have thought I was going to go over, but, like... A lot of people love Iron Man 3. Yeah. Except least. for one person. That movie's good. Uh, Force Awakens? Yeah, definitely. Titanic? Yeah. Avatar? 60%? No. In theaters, yes. But outside of it, no. Fair. Okay. So, like, going back through this, you guys will see that most of those movies are pretty good that's a like 60 percent 60 percent or better uh looks like we have almost a 75 percent like almost 70 yeah. percent of these i was surprised i expected we were gonna find like five good movies me, me too but but the thing is is these are good movies now look at the list again and tell me if you were gonna say let's say classics like 90 percent or better how many of these deserve to be in the top 250 yeah i think the answer there is probably like, I mean, I would just just offhandedly without going through the whole list again, yeah. I would guess probably five. Yeah, I'd probably guess five. Maybe the maybe Toy Story, the Star Wars movies, and Dark Knight. Yeah, and Titanic. And Titanic. Yeah. Titanic, Dark Knight, Toy Story three. Oh, and, the, and Return of the King. So maybe six or seven movies out of the last twenty five movies from the the was nineteen ninety seven is the oldest one in Titanic. I wouldn't put any of these Star Wars movies in the top two fifty. They're all they're like all three of them are like significantly above average pretty awesome i loved them okay so one maybe one just maybe. to give it maybe maybe last jedi so then there's five movies essentially yeah i would say like in terms of all-time relevance like movies that have like will stand the test of time based on more than just the franchise name titanic toy story 3 return of the king and dark knight it's yeah. not even on there dark knight's not even on there i think it is no, it's not. It's really not. It's just rises is on there. Crazy, which is even, even better. That's that, that, honestly, we could have just had the whole conversation right there. The Dark Knight Rises is on there, and Dark Knight is not. Yeah, it's fair. Um, so guys, basically, what we're trying to say is that movies that make a ton of money now are good enough. Good enough. Yes. Good enough. Yeah, exactly. Making making a billion dollars is not an indicator of being an all time movie. So let's get into favorite line before I we answer a couple of your questions. Have a great line. Oh, really? Yeah, I do. Okay. And it's actually said by our girl Kelly Marie. That's. I'll bet you it's the same. I line. I bet you it's the same it's line. What's be. your line? It's you don't. We're not going to win this war by uh, fighting what we hate, but it'll be by saving what we love. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's the best yeah. line in the movie. It's the best line in the movie. That one, and then Yoda's got a really good line too. Um, he says it, it's something. It's like it is the, in the nature of students to become to outgrow their master or something. Uh, yeah. I can't remember the exact line because it's said by Yoda. <laughs> so it's backwards. Yeah, something in that realm, though. <laughs> Masters <laughs> become students. They do. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. We had. I mean, of course, we had the same uh, line. the same line. It's yes. a really good line. So. Uh, Sean Smith here. Is yep. Luke Skywalker the biggest career-defining role of all time? I know he has been a successful voice actor, but I don't think most people would know Mark Hamill for his roles outside of Star Wars. I'm going to immediately jump in and say I believe so. I believe that Luke Skywalker is the most career-defining role of all time. It has made Mark Hamill a legend. 
It is. And I mean, and, and because he's been a voice actor, but more than anything, it's just the fact that this dude can basically not be on camera for 40 years, come back out of nowhere, and, and something inside of you, like, gets real excited to see this character again. I would agree. Yeah. I think Luke Skywalker is the most career defining role I ever. Mean, Leia might be the other one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I wonder, like, how many roles there really are all time where somebody has just, like, reprised it so many times. It's been so referenced for so long. But then also that actor didn't do enough to ever really... Like, Harrison Ford's great, but he's done enough big roles that it doesn't yeah. feel like he's just defined by one. And you can also... You can always... If any if there's any person you can have a conversation, is it this or this? And Harrison Ford, we, we've done it many times. Is yeah. it Han Solo or is it Indy? Yeah, we've done that before. Yeah, I don't think there's really anybody that could even compete, honestly, with Hamill for that for that conversation. Um, before we just get into the, the end of the show here, because I do think that you and I have missed one thing that I know we both wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. I do really want to talk about the Kylo Luke battle. I know you and I do this sometimes. We get so wrapped up in oh, the outline. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. just forget to talk about things. And it was the best, I think it's the best part of the whole movie. So like, I think it's worth talking about. You think that's the best part? I think their showdown's the coolest part of the movie. Yeah. I think the, I think the red, like the salt and like the red and the fact that I, like, did you get tricked by it? I totally got tricked by it. I did. I, I wanted him to kill. I wanted him to have an Obi-Wan moment. I wanted Kylo to have an Obi-Wan moment. With, well, he tries to. He thinks he kills him. I know. But that's what I mean is I wanted him to actually, <laughs> instead of dying on the rock, back home. Now he becomes a force ghost looking at a binary just moon. don't like it. Um, <clears throat> what was your question? <laughs> Uh, just I just wanted to talk oh, the about fight. that scene. I mean, yeah, the fight was. I mean, it was what you wanted. Yeah, you got it. Like you got the the sweet battle scene in the room in Snoke's room yeah. chamber, which was which was, it was like all yeah. the lightsabers that you've been waiting for. And then of course you get Luke versus Kylo. I just wish it was like as stupid as it sounds. I wanted like a Yoda versus Dooku moment where it was just like all out warfare, the crazy. Between. Yeah, that, we'll get that with Ray and Kylo probably. Yeah, in the third probably. Movie. Uh, I just think like I, I just loved. Like the the good parts about uh, the, the, the way shot. that oh it looks so like the beautiful. wide shot of the them walkers and, yeah. and like the background and the the, the colors the yeah. lightsaber it, beautiful beautiful yeah the way that uh, Ryan Johnson designed it to be like an old west showdown I think was really cool it yeah. felt very much like watching like the good the bad and the ugly mm-hmm. and that was like really cool to me that he he took something that didn't feel familiar from like an old Star Wars movie and he framed it in a different way it has its own unique feel. And I think that's one of the things that, that's very strong about that scene. Um, but I also love the way that he uses, like, Luke being kind of, like, sarcastic. I love that he does the thing with the shoulder. Yeah. And, yeah, then, he, yeah, and yeah. then at the end, see you around, kid. And he walks off. That was fucking yeah, that, awesome. that was pretty awesome. Yeah. I almost wanted Boyega to die. Yeah, it would have been good. That would have been sweet, it right? It would have been sweet, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, like, the one thing I thought about this movie was just, like, it's Star Wars, so it doesn't get to be quite as... And it's Disney Star Wars now. So it can't be super dark. Well, yeah, like I was thinking if there had been like some really dramatic death scene, you know, like the death of Gandalf in Lord of the Rings and the death of Boromir are both in, in Fellowship. Oh, they're both such heartbreaking, they're great scenes. They're so sad. They're so, the weight is so great. Uh, I felt like a scene like that was, was we should have had one. Oh, you know what? There's one more other moment we need to talk about, and that's the... Leia? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was hoping we weren't going to talk about it. I, I, I get it. Like, it, I read everything about it. It felt like that old music, the Fat Boy Slim video with Christopher Walken flying. <laughs> Go watch that video now if you haven't seen it. That's great. Right? I just yeah. want to leave it at that. Uh, I like. Look. Yeah. R.I.P. All the respect in the world to Carrie Fisher. Yes. I was very happy to see her come back. It was nice to have the callbacks to the old movies. Um, it. it <laughs> 
it didn't she didn't work for me it didn't resonate yeah, for me un it, unfortunately it didn't it, it was just it didn't i didn't feel it in the first movie it was nice to have her to see her come back and have her there and especially seeing han and everything and, and one of the nicest moments in this movie actually i got really emotional seeing luke and leia talking for the first yeah, time yeah yeah that was beautiful that was cool because i forgot that they hadn't seen each other in so long and you hadn't seen the two of them on screen in so long so that was really emotional just like the two of them having a moment but aside from that like the scenes where she's actually having scenes like with with poe i don't know it just it just didn't work for me um, yeah i mean like and, and again i don't no disrespect carrie poppins that's horrible you guys are horrible because uh, she's flying yeah they wrote that i mean look some people <laughs> love the flying just <laughs> funny no no i'm saying they say carrie poppins um i mean i had more of a of a heart pull on my strings when i watched the the fast and furious movie without Paul Walker in it. Right. And they showed him, you know, like that type of thing. So, like, I loved her being in this, and I thought that they did a great job with her. I honestly kind of wish she would have just died when that happened, though. Well, And I think it would have been better. Well, I think a lot of us expected that, right? Yeah, yeah. But then we lose the part, just like if Boyega dies, you lose the moment of her and Hamill. And you yeah, lose the moment right. of him and or her and Rose. And, yeah. You know, so. I, it was just one of those things, like, I, I think I'm in the minority. I've heard, like, a lot of people really liked her in this movie. Yeah. Just something about the performance didn't feel... It didn't. It didn't grab me. But yeah, and I felt the same. And someone here, uh, Brandon, mentioned the, about her just being in space and not dying. I thought that too. I thought it was weird that she was out she there. I guess she creates like a bubble. Of yeah, air. yeah. It's no, I force. know. It's the whole thing. So yeah. um, a little bit of a stretch for us. There was another question asked by our friendy, our friend, Frenny John Tedward Coster. Yeah, this is one of my favorites. Uh, John says, "Is Kylo Ren's shirtless and high pants costume the most ridiculous villain costume in film? Could you rank the funniest, worst villain costumes in action films?" I have one phrase to say for you, and it is. Officer Murtaugh, don't be foolish. Look at the hardware. Uh, go watch that. That's the most ridiculous costume ever. I don't know. I think it's a great costume. It's hilarious. It's funny. Uh, I mean, why not? Yeah. Why it's not? Star Wars. It's you just Star assume what they, Wars. They all wear weird stuff, but you just, like, assume whatever they wear is what people wear. It's like, what did you expect? I mean, because, like, would you, if his shirt came <laughs> off and he wasn't ripped, like, what would, you, what would have made it less weird? Yeah, totally. You if know? he was flabby. If he was a little fat he was wearing like nipple rings like what would it wouldn't it's the same thing as like i don't i don't like the comedy in the very beginning but i don't know how to fix it i wish i kind of actually now that i think about it wish that i'm driving <laughs> had nipple rings no i wish <laughs> that he was just like really skinny and pasty and out of shape and they had just done that they had basically it's made like, crete like a skeleton of a man like i wish they had made him uh basically uh what's the character that i'm trying to think of <laughs> let off some steam uh let off some steam uh, oh commando yeah 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 i know exactly you're I, talking uh, uh ellis no it's not Ellis. I can't remember I don't think. his name. You're talking about the guy that looks like Fat Freddy Mercury. Yes. Yeah. He's got the, 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 the chain mail. Yeah. <laughs> He's Bennett. Like, yeah. Bennett. Let off some steam. Let off some steam. Uh, yeah. I mean, why not? It's. I, I didn't hate it. I thought it was funny. All right. Um, so we're gonna get into the last couple bits of the show here. Uh, <laughs> there are three action movie categories. Totally ridiculous. Totally legitimate. Ridiculously legitimate. Totally ridiculous movies like Face Off, Con Air. You just like, <sighs> you just laugh. You laugh. You laugh. They're totally absurd. Um, totally legitimate movies are going to be like The Fugitive, I don't know, Lone Survivor. Gladiator. Gladiator. Gladiator, yeah. They're, you know, classics, very dramatic. Uh, they don't really make you laugh at all. And then there's Ridiculously Legitimate, which is the middle category, which are kind of silly, but they have at least one really strong component that drives you, that holds you in the whole time, whether it's a great performance or an incredible story. Uh, hold on. Force Awakens? God, I don't even know, man. Star Wars movies are just like... I think Force Awakens for me was in the middle. And I think Rogue One was totally legit. Rogue One was totally legit. I agree. It's darker. Yeah. Force Awakens was 
I don't know. These are like the hardest ones we've I ever. Know. I know. It's really hard. And I think on the on a new hope, I think Alex and I went totally legit, and I think you went in the middle category. It was a little silly. Yeah. Send people always try. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, God, guys, what do you think in the chat? Uh, please uh, give us something to talk about. Yeah, throw it in the chat, guys. Ridiculous, legit, totally legit, or totally ridiculous. Where does the the Last Jedi fall? I think I'm just gonna have to go in and say the middle category. I think it's the middle category for me because what are the silly parts? I don't even know if they're silly. I just, I mean, like, there's just things that might not work for me. So maybe the comedy in the beginning, maybe yeah. Leia floating through space, maybe like the fact that Phasma is in the movie again for some reason just to get murdered, and like the whole show showdown between her. I'll go the middle category as well yeah. because the stuff with like the casino and the the horses and the 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 parts of this movie that didn't work for me made me feel like I was watching a movie that's in the middle category. But the good parts were so awesome. That there's no way it would be in the ridiculous category. Yeah, so we've got one for totally ridiculous, one for totally legitimate, and then basically everything else is in between. Yeah, I think um, that's fair. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. So there's only one last thing left to do on the show this week, and that's going to be called The Pitch. I threw my sheets down. That was good. And you made the sound. Yeah. Guys, we're doing The Greatest Showman. No. I'm taking over. <laughs> ah. I love that movie. I love Jackman. Uh, I love Jackman. Uh, can we just do Logan again? God, I want to. I watched the trailer for it yesterday, yeah, two days ago. It's just so good. Because I just, and like, I, the trailer deserves a goddamn Oscar. The trailer is as good or better than the movie. The yeah. trailer makes me cry. Oh, yeah, the trailer is phenomenal. It's amazing. It's so good. Um, all right, we're, we have to figure out the movie to do next week, guys. So one of the things we talked about last week, two weeks, three weeks ago, whenever it was, is that uh, for 2018, one of the things Andrew and I are going to be doing is expanding our rules a little bit. So we mm -hmm. did it a little bit last year. We started to cover a few more superhero movies and, and a couple more, like, uh, dramas. Yeah, and I think this year we're going to kind of just do movies that we haven't done, that we should have talked about by now, that we think are awesome. And we're not going to really get hung up on the genres and the categories, aside from the fact that they should still be action-y. Right, so like, for instance, someone just threw In Bruges yeah, in there, and In Bruges is, is a great example of a movie that we would have never done that we would do now. So guys, you know us, you yep. know the show, yep. you know what we've covered very, very well. Go to the Action Movie Anatomy fan page, make a new post, someone, or honestly, one of you guys in the chat right now, Richard, hell, if, Paul, one of you guys right now, make a post about all the movies, not that you wanted us to do, yeah, but the movies that like you know we should do based off of talking to us for two years. Should we do Prisoners next week? Yeah, like Prisoners. Like, I don't think we'll do something like Boogie Nights, but like something that's <laughs> close. That's close. We, I mean, you're sitting there shaking your head, maybe. So like, that's what we're thinking now. Yeah, we gotta, stay, we gotta stay away from just like straight drama with like no action at all. Yeah. But you guys at this point who have watched the show or listened to the show for long enough know what we love. You know the actors we love. You know the actresses we love the directors we're gonna start covering a few more movies that we just talk about a lot that we we think are awesome when we did that episode the eight movies we'd love to cover that we never could yeah at the time it was we had much more specific rules looking back on it it's like we could have done each of the lord of the rings movies maybe we still should i mean like yeah, maybe we i mean <laughs> god i totally could someone said can we get three shows a week honestly ben and i would love to do three shows a week uh, i don't think there's any way we possibly could but there might be some additional content coming out where, where we are removing or reviewing movies that we would never cover on the show or talking about new movies coming out. I know there's one post that's out there uh, about the movies that we're looking forward to the most in yeah. 2018, which I would love to talk about as well. So, guys, I, I think Richard just made the post, if I'm not 
Oh, it's a poll. He's created a poll, so this is even better. You guys can add to the poll. He's already put in Bruges, Pearl Harbor, and Avatar on there, which is which is I, great. I, I love Jarvie. He like he's got his like list that he wants yeah. to, he wants on the show so bad. And those movies, you know, it's like Ben would do Pearl Harbor Harbor in a heartbeat. We would do Avatar. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> guys, go add to that poll on the Action Movie Anatomy fan page. This is exciting. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. Pearl Harbor. Hats off, Jarvie. <laughs> Alright, guys, thanks for listening, thanks for watching. You guys can find me on Twitter at Ben Bateman Media. Uh, you guys can find me everywhere at Andrew Guy. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.